If you pay attention to the news, social media, or if you're still breathing when you get up in the morning, you may have heard that there's a war on women here in America. But if there really is a war on women, just who or what are the real perpetrators? And for that matter, who or what are the real victims? I would suggest we consider the possibility that the real victims, the long-term victims, may be our children, whether or not a war on women actually exists. When culture promotes the idea that our women are constantly being attacked, and by the men of our society, no less, our daughters hear this, and with no rebuttal, they acquire victim mentalities, and our sons acquire unnecessary guilt complexes. These new attitudes follow them both into adulthood. So today, we'd like to suggest that there is more to this story and that perhaps our culture needs to hear the rest of the story from godly women with honest and objective perspectives on the issue. But where to find such women? Well, we'll talk about that next on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome once again to the broadcast. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosal, and our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill. And Trace, as I look into Scripture, Proverbs 18, 17 says, The first person to state his case seems right until a second person comes mm-hmm. along and examines him. Uh, We'd like to be that second person today. Uh, We want our kids to be examining and re-examining all issues from a biblical worldview. And it it really seems to me, anyway, that with all the the terms that our postmodern culture has helped redefine these days, and with the traditional values and presuppositions that have been challenged with respect to women's issues— Christians with a biblical worldview are looking more and more non-relevant today, even archaic, perhaps, to those— uh, yep. I guess you'd, you'd say these are the folks who hold the loudest microphones. Yeah, they're, they're totally ignoring the Christian and biblical worldview. Many of these issues, though, came out of the women's movement, something that most believe started out as a noble thing. So how do you think parents are supposed to raise their, their children, their daughters in particular? Uh, daughters with quiet and humble spirits and without a chip on their own shoulders or tainted views— how are they to, to raise these girls, especially in light of things like the alleged war on women or the growing Me Too movement? Yeah. Well, you know, like anything else, Rich, what, what often starts out as a good thing very often evolves into a uh, perpetual talking point when, uh, when people aren't as honest or as wise as they should be. Uh, but it can also evolve into a meal ticket for a dishonest elite few with political, ideological, moral, financial, or social ends uh, in mind. And too often, all of these agendas uh, at the same time, uh, too often, uh, some of these folks aren't satisfied with simply getting their original agendas fulfilled. They want to keep whipping a dead horse until the dead horse resurrects and then dies again and, and then uh, resurrects has to be resurrected again. again and again, yeah. <laughs> and, and these resurrections reoccur with, with every new generation of, of young, impressionable minds that are born. You know, with every new generation comes a new crop of lemming-like recruits that actually buy into subsequent verses of the same old nonsense. So uh, because the leaders of these movements uh, often live only to perpetuate their ideology to subsequent generations, they subsequently outlast the very cause they started. And by the way, this is why we so often say, and this is not just us, but history has said those who fail to learn from history 
are doomed to repeat it. Exactly and here's right. that repetition happening time and time exactly again. Exactly right. And the bottom line is, these folks don't know when to stop. I mean, they, they get to a place where they acquire a support base, whether it's financial or otherwise, and they don't want to lose it, uh, even when their work has largely been accomplished. Uh, with reference to the civil rights movement, for example, what started out as a real need has, has since morphed into what many would call race hustling for profit. People in movements that, that want to keep stirring the pot despite the facts, the evidence, or the statistics. Uh, but the women's movement have their own fair share of hustlers, too. And they're now brainwashing our sons, in many cases, and the culture at large, into believing that to be a male is almost a disease, that testosterone itself is a type of male affliction or poison. And yet many of the same folks who claim that you know there's a war on women can very often be complicit in protecting and even promoting activities and enterprises that throw fuel on this poisonous hormone we call testosterone in hypocritical ways, all while using the same uh, double standards uh, they claim exist to keep women oppressed in the first place. These gender hustlers, as I call them, uh, they want it both ways. They want all the benefits of manhood without the responsibilities and obligations that come with it. And by the way, why is chivalry now considered sexist? Isn't that crazy? If these same liberated gender hustlers were on the Titanic, they would have been thankful for chivalry. So, so don't protect women and, and, and children first? Is that really where we're going with this? You know, had Darwin's survival of the fittest been taken to heart that faithful night in 1912, there'd be a lot more women and children than men at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean mm. right now. And a lot more men than women and children would have sailed home on the Carpathia that night. You know, if you ask me, today's women have lost a whole lot more than they've gained in recent years because they've given up diamonds for dirt and largely through self-inflicted wounds. I just think we need to raise our daughters to understand their unique gifts and values to the world as God has ordained. And without all the politically correct nonsense we see and hear in our news media so often today, hopefully today's guest will help give us a, a perspective that will be refreshing and nonsensical to mothers and daughters listening to this broadcast today. She's, she's not an old fogey like me. She's a millennial who she's sees things objectively. Uh, this is not a discussion you're going to hear very often uh, uh, these days anyway, folks, but I think it needs to be had. Well, Trace, we do want to bring uh, some balance to this conversation, and we're going to do that in a couple of ways. Uh, the first is to bring a woman into the conversation with us, so you're not just hearing two guys talking about all this. Um, so we have invited Allison Wallace into the studio to help us maintain our equilibrium. Alice works here at Shepherd's Hill Academy. She's the Director of Program Development, and prior to that, she was the Girls' Wilderness Program Supervisor. She says, by the way, that working in residential care is not just a job but a passion for her. Uh, Allison studied counseling psychology and developmental psychology at Tacoa Falls College in Tacoa Falls, Georgia. She and her husband, Joshua, are both on staff here. In fact, they live here on campus, along with their beautiful little girl, Liliana. And uh, what I haven't mentioned yet is uh, part two, and that is that Allison is your daughter. So she's going to balance you out no matter what. <laughs> Always has. <laughs> uh, she really did grow up here at Shepherd's Hill, and residential care is in her DNA. Absolutely. Well, Allie, welcome to Licensed Apparent. Thank you. Glad to be here. The war on women, um, the, the Me Too movement, um, and feminism in general are, are all issues that regularly have the ear of the American public these days. And, uh, you know, many of those ears belong to our kids. 
What, if any kind of confusing signals do you feel these different movements could be uh, sending our sons and daughters, but particularly our daughters? Hmm. I think um, a message of, of equality um, is being confused with um, equality means sameness. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think that's very healthy for our girls. I think actually when I think of war on women, I, I, I feel there's an attack from other women actually on women where yeah good um, point. yeah they're not allowing women to feel uh, comfortable being feminine that feminine has somehow become bad or wrong or weak uh, but I think uh, being being feminine is beautiful mm-hmm. and you can be strong and be feminine uh, but I think the the message of equality is being confused with we are the same and right. you know men and women are not they're very different uh, both valuable but very different yeah what in a nutshell can we be sharing with our kids about this uh, I know you you kind of went over it here but uh, maybe maybe clarify that yeah well I think we need to Get away from the idea that uh, men and women are competing with each other. I think we need to to raise our children on how um, a man and a woman complement one -hmm. one another. I mean, we both bring different things to the table. Complete one another. Yeah. And I think, you know, we need to embrace those differences, cultivate those differences, um, and celebrate them, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it can be, you know, we'll see better interactions out there in the workplace even. Right. Right. we're not um, at each other's throats, but that we are understanding what we're bringing to the table as a woman and what they're bringing to the table as a man um, and not feeling that, um, you know, the that competitive spirit with one another, but mm-hmm. coming alongside each other. Yeah. And so I think perspective is really important. I think if we're looking for a fight, um, we're going to find one exactly. in every statement. And so I think we just need to start teaching our, our women to be a little more uh, thick-skinned rather than thin-skinned. I and mean, I'm picking a battle about every single thing that's said. And I guess that goes into political correctness uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Allison, you've been here at Shepherd's Hill, well, as we were mentioning in the introduction, your entire life. But in, in your uh, professional function here, you've seen a lot of young ladies who've come into the program who probably have chips on their shoulders and are looking for fights um, how have you and how have the counselors here best been able to address some of those issues? Well, um, I, what I see really a lot in today's girls are girls that come in um, not as much looking for fights, but as more almost a victim of culture. In fact, that they think that they are nothing more than the, the only thing that they can bring to the table is, you know, their sex appeal type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so they, they look, they don't expect much out of men in the way of I'm an object type of thing. Um, and so their standards are set so low. And I know at the beginning of the program, chivalry was mentioned. I think that's one of the things feminism has done, uh, uh, to hurt to hurt women actually is is the more they bring in you know um, women's rights and we're strong and you know we don't need men type of thing uh, we push chivalry to the side and mm-hmm. with that um, the 
There goes respect. Right. And so we don't expect men to open our doors. Don't open our doors. That's, um, you know, I can open my own door type of thing. So, Rich, back to your question, I think, honestly, the the biggest ministry that we're doing to these girls is allowing them to see um, our relationships with other men, um, whether it be the men that we work with um, as far as on the boys program. You know, they do see the interaction with the girls and the guys program sometimes as far as just the staff go or other staff who are married um, to to uh, our guys program staff or dating and the girls bring those stories and they say, you know, where they're at in their relationship and mm. how they're being treated and what he did on their first date and opening the door. And you can just see um, the lights come on for these girls. They didn't know yeah. that was possible. It was mm. kind of like almost that's, that's fairy tale stuff, you know. Yes. And then they but, realize. But don't we all in some way long to be part of our own fairy tale? I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. as, as I hear you telling this, I can imagine the girls' eyes lighting mm-hmm. up and thinking, wow, wouldn't it be so cool if a guy would treat me that nicely? Unfortunately, so many girls have given up on that fairy tale. They don't think that fairy tale actually can happen to them. Mm-hmm. Because, again, as, as Ali was saying, the culture has pretty much brainwashed them into believing that you know they, they've got one way to prove their womanhood. And that, that is it. If you ask me, that's the antithesis of what the original feminist movement was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, I, and I certainly don't want to diminish genuine victims of genuine sexual abuse or harassment. But with respect to the, the, the Me Too movement for a moment uh, that's so popular out there these days, what kind of discussion should moms be having with their daughters about this? And, and for that matter, fathers with their sons. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's good that people are starting to speak out and say, you know, this is unacceptable and we're not we're not going to allow this to happen anymore. Um, but I think uh, the the Me Too movement is almost like a little bit of a, a, a superficial issue. If you want to get to the root of it in Hollywood, then we need to get to our media and our entertainment. Um, I think instead of just sharing stories about how this was happened to me too and you're not alone, I think we need to start also along with that, sending messages to uh, the entertainment industry that, you know, rap culture is huge for just denigrating women and, um, and the things that they, they say about women, uh, the violence and and all that and start saying, you know, that's unacceptable. Um, Our young girls are listening to this and these are messages that are being sent to them. And is that the message that we want sent to them or young men as well as this is what, you know, this is what it is to be, you know, cool. This is what it is to be a man. Um, And so I think we need to start uh, asking, you know, are, are these women who are also coming out or the Me Too and say, this is great, but what can we start doing to send a message back to Hollywood to say stop putting this stuff out for these kids to to be uh, picking up and listening to and, and ingesting as normal when it is not? Let me jump in here and uh, mention that our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Allison Wallace, Director of Program Development at Shepherds Hill Academy and former Girls Wilderness Program Supervisor. Uh, by the way, you can learn more about the work Allison does and the rest of the crew at Shepherds Hill Academy when you go online to helpmytroubledteen.org or you can simply click the link to Shepherds Hill on our website, licensedtoparent.org. We'll be back with more conversation with Allison Wallace when Licensed to Parent continues. In the training of our children, 
What role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the License to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, Rage, Cutting, and Suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Let's jump back into our conversation today with Allison Wallace, the Director of Program Development at Shepherds Hill Academy, where we're talking about, I guess, retraining the young ladies, particularly in our uh, in our homes, but the young men as well, to see their value in Christ and not in what the world is telling them they are worth. And Allison, right before the break, we were talking about the entertainment industry and whether they're doing more harm or more good and trying to turn things around here. Do you see them making any progress in uh, perhaps portraying women in a, in, a, in a better way now? I think there, I see the entertainment industry making an effort to try to send healthier messages, but I feel like instead of getting to the root, they're trying to target um, just these these topical issues. Um, with like, for instance, I was walking through the mall. There was, you know, um, a store, and they had one of their models in their bra and underwear, except they were. Uh, showing her in her raw form without the airbrush, and so she had stretch marks. And they're like, "Oh, look at this is this is a real woman, and we're celebrating. We're going to get away from all the the airbrushing and everything." Um, and so it's like, "Oh, that's nice, you know, trying to show girls that what what real women look like without being airbrushed." But then it's like, you know, they're missing the mark on that because um, they're still objectifying this girl. She's right. still in her bra and underwear. Right. So I think, you know, the issue is getting to. Um, teaching our girls that it's not about sex. They're not objects. And I, I feel like they don't want to give that up, you know? Um, and and yeah. that's that's where the problem lies. Uh, we, we need to target women are not objects. And, you know, sex symbols is not 
all they bring to the table. And ironically, that is a large message that's coming out of the entertainment industry, despite the Me Too movement, despite the feminist movement. That's still the message that our mm-hmm. young girls are getting. Yeah, so our, our kids are getting a lot of this information, uh, as we do, through the news media, but a lot on the Internet. And and people are, are being condemned, losing their jobs or their, their reputations, uh, careers. What, what kind of conversations should parents be having with their kids about these type of things? Yeah, I think, you know, we need to be really careful. Um, but like, as you said, it just takes one accusation to really affect someone's reputation. And I guess it goes back to the biblical principle of let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, say what you mean and what is true. Um, and and be careful about uh, you know tossing these things around. It's not something to be taken lightly. Although I think because we're starting to see it so much in the news, um, and then unfortunately you have those people who do it to become popular. Right. Um, it, it's become very sticky situation, and then you don't know what's true and what's not true. Um, so just teaching our children to be wary of of uh, jumping on bandwagons or understand the magnitude of what these accusations mean and to make sure that um, we don't we don't take those lightly at all. Right. It goes back to that that passage in Proverbs that uh, uh, Richard talked about earlier. Uh, Proverbs eighteen seventeen. The first man's story seems right till mm-hmm. the second man comes along and questions right. him. And parents, I think you need to. Uh, kind of frame it this way with your kids. You know, you got people on on social media that might be slandering you, Junior, and how do you like that? How do you you like being victims of judge, juries, and executioners, you know, out there in the netherworld? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, we should add to it, not only do you not want your own thoughts to be influenced by hearsay, Mm-hmm. You don't want to be spreading that either, right? Because right. you're just becoming part of the problem. And what goes around comes around. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. Yeah. I think it's important for parents to be teaching their children to think for themselves. You see everything on social media, and I think that's all, all these ideas and uh, political ideas and cultural ideas. And I think one of the the dangers of social media is that it is indirectly indoctrinating our kids, or some could say directly, directly. indoctrinating our kids. But they put this stuff out there as if it's true. Mm-hmm. It, it is, you know, gospel truth. And then so the kids ingest it as if, oh, this is true, instead of thinking, what's the other side? And so they're not yeah. using their th- critical thinking skills yeah. and thinking these things through for themselves. And this mm-hmm. costs the lives of, of countless teenagers through suicide because of this type of nonsense, actually. Yeah. Well, Al- Allison, as parents, we want to be able to be part of the change here and to teach our kids right ways to think about this, right ways to view themselves in light of Christ. But how do we start some of these conversations? What are what are some ways that we can bring this up as we talk to our kids? Yeah, I think a really simple way to get a conversation going is sit them in front of the news. I mean, there all of these yeah. topics are coming up right there. Have a Bible study, you know, surrounded by uh, the news and just pause it and say, what do you think about that topic? What are your friends saying about that topic? And then say, what the what does the Bible say about that topic? Right. It's relevant. It's current. It's teaching them how to respond. I know um, I watch a news show when I'm getting ready in the morning for work and if Lily's up, sometimes, you know, she'll she'll see some things on there. And I know she's two years old and I, I will pause it and I'll tell her, you know, this is um, 
this young man is a as a patriot. He he served our country. He's you know, and I'm explaining to her, you know, what uh, what the army man is and um, just respect for him. Or there was this topic about Joy Behart and how she was criticizing um, our vice president because he talks to Jesus. And I paused it and I said, you know, Lily, bad people will say, you know, make you feel bad about, about praying to Jesus and talking to him, but you should never be afraid or never be scared. And we have to, you know, love those people and, and always be okay with that. People will think differently than we do sometimes. And so, I mean, she's two and I'm starting to do that now. I think because of how aggressive our culture is, it's you can't start too soon. That's right. Like get those conversations going, start indoctrinating them the way that you want them to be indoctrinated rather than waiting for the culture to start picking that yeah. up. And they understand a whole lot more than they can articulate, a whole lot more. And if they only get a third of it or a tenth of it, then at least you get the ball rolling in the yeah. right way. And one thing I wanted to comment on, you use the word indoctrinate. You know, mm-hmm. indoctrinate your kids. And a lot of people push back on that thought. Yeah. But the thing is, is all education is indoctrination mm-hmm. if you wanna if you wanna use that term. How do we end every program here? If you don't train your children, somebody else will. That's right. just the bottom line. Exactly. And that's the exactly. very reason why we end every program like uh, with those words, and you'll hear it in just a few seconds. <laughs> I, I think people shudder at the word indoctrinate because it it kind of they associate it with brainwashing. Yes, and that's really you know not a good <laughs> connotation. But I think um, if we if we look at it as it's it's educating, it's steeping them in our moral worldview or our biblical worldview in our case, um, you know. And and the bottom line is we are indoctrinating them. And just as you know, my dad was saying, if you don't educate them. Somebody else will. So our culture will indoctrinate them. They're starting to do it. They do it on Nickelodeon. Preschool. Yeah, just the way uh, men are portrayed in in the Disney shows of just, you know, they're the goofballs and and the women are the one that have to come in and and bring some logic and and things to the— the table there and so it's starting they're indoctrinating you know why why can't why are yeah. we afraid to do that and regarding indoctrination again if you don't like the term don't use the term use another term but but scripture in philippians 4 8 says finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise Think about these things. Right. That's an indoctrination of itself. Absolutely. Put good things before you, not bad things. Yeah. Put truth before you and not lies. And I know we fall short as human beings, as Christian human beings, uh, in our goal to pursue righteousness and you know the abundant life. But my gosh, are we, are we heading in the right direction to, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to do unto others as we have them do unto us? Yeah. Uh, why, would we, why would anyone push back against that? That general principle. And that's all we're trying to get our kids to understand is to love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others you have them do unto you. Uh, it's not get all you can get. You know, you're number one. Look out for you. You deserve this. You know, it's none of that. Wait a minute. McDonald's was wrong. You deserve a break. To- oh. <laughs> I think that was a Burger King. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, Allison Wallace, uh, Director of Program Development at Shepherds Hill, has been our, our guest on today's program. Allison, there's more we want to talk with you about. Uh, including, I guess, the way we live our lives, the way we present ourselves to others. Signals uh, we send off to other people that might provoke some of this stuff. Exactly. So we need to have you back. Would you join us again for a future conversation? Sure. 
Good. I'm glad you didn't say no, because otherwise <laughs> I'd have to find another guest for next time on License to Parent. By the way, if you'd like to learn more about the work of Shepherd's Hill Academy, you'll find it online at helpmytroubledteen.org, or you can simply click the link to Shepherd's Hill on our website, licensedtoparent.org. And remember, the work we do here on License to Parent is merely an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program working with teens in crisis and their families. You can help that work continue through your tax-deductible gift that keeps this radio program on the air and also provides scholarships to families who can't afford residential care so that they can get the help they need for their teen who may be in crisis. You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate button. And again, that's LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And now here's Trace with that final word. As we mentioned earlier, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.